Okay. Hello and welcome to the Sport Professor Podcast, the show for the sport student and fan who wants to learn more about the underpinnings of the sporting world. I'm your professor, Dr. Drew Sikansky, and today we will examine the foundation for all professional sports, the sport fan. We will seek to tell you who they are, what they like, and why all this even matters. So sit back and relax as we deep dive into the academics of the sport fan. So before we get into the numbers and the discussion about who sport fans are and what they are fans of, it's important that we first establish for the listeners what a fan is. Now we can go with the old Merriam-Webster dictionary definition which says that a fan is an enthusiastic devotee, usually a spectator. But I have so many issues with this starting definition. At first, I always tell students or people that I'm talking to or lecturing that it's not good to use another word such as spectator to define fans because the inevitable question is, okay, a fan is an enthusiastic devotee who's a spectator. Well, then what's a spectator? And I'm here to tell you that Merriam-Webster's dictionary definition is wrong because there actually is a big difference between what a spectator is and what a fan is. So a spectator is going to be someone who watches and consumes the sport, but doesn't have that emotional tie with it, or doesn't have that emotional tie to who wins or loses the contest. A fan, on the other hand, is going to have an emotional draw to the outcome. These are the individuals that when their team wins, they're running around, they're yelling, they're crying with happiness. I always use as an example in my lectures when I discuss this, my own fandom and my own memories of how I feel when my teams win big games or when they lose. I can go back all the way to the first football memory that I have, which is when Drew Bledsoe played for the Patriots. We're playing in the first round of playoffs against the Cleveland Browns when Bill Belichick was coaching the Cleveland Browns. And Drew Bledsoe on the last play, the Patriots, dropped back to pass. I still remember him going to the ground flinging a desperation pass on fourth down, trying to complete it and having it fall short of his receiver. The Browns taking over possession and winning the game. I remember that play so much because afterwards, when I was young, I went up into my room and I cried because that is how affected I was by the outcome. Fast forward to when I was an adult and I was in college and I remember the first time the Patriots lost to the Giants. I was watching the game and I was so upset at the end of the game that I managed somehow to not throw my remote control through the TV, but instead I placed it down, I walked into the bedroom, locked the door, and would not let anyone come in and talk to me for over an hour. That is a fan. A fan is a person who has an emotional attachment to the team or to the players that they are cheering for. We oftentimes equate this in the academic world as saying a fan is someone who burges with their team and corps with them too. Burging means basking in reflected glory. These are the individuals that when their team wins, they act like they're on the team. They use terms like we or our. They say, our team did great. We played really well. 
versus casting off and reflecting failure, corfing, which is demonstrated when we put the blame on someone else because we don't want to be a part of it. We're trying to cast it off and keep ourselves from feeling bad. So in those cases, we say they didn't come to play today. They didn't do a good job coaching. So the fan is that person who has a perceived connectedness with the team and they experience the team's failings and they experience their achievements as their own. Now, I imagine if you're listening to this podcast, all of you have at least one team that you are a fan of. And then you probably have a number of other teams that you will be a spectator for. That if the game is on and you're watching and your friends are watching it, that you will join in and watch it with them. Now, it's not only important to know what a fan and spectator are, but it's even more important to understand that it is not a black and white issue, that it actually operates over a continuum, something that we call in sport management, the sport fan escalator or the sport frequency escalator. Now, imagine this escalator as a series of steps. And at the very top of those steps, we have those highly identified fans or those heavy users. This is the top 20% of fans. These are the individuals that are diehard. These are the individuals that watch every game. They're reading about the team on social media. They're following players on social media. They're buying merchandise. They're going to games. Maybe they're even getting tattoos or naming their kids or dogs after athletes on the team. These are our highly identified fans. At the other end, we have those what we call non-consumers. These are the people that don't watch it, don't care about it, don't know anything about it. And then in between, all the other steps on this escalator is where everyone else falls. So we have what we call uh, individuals who are media consumers. These are pretty light fans. They consume through the media. They might watch the Super Bowl, for example, and then talk about the next day. But you go the rest of the year, they might not follow football at all. If we move up a little bit from that media consumer, we have our light users. These are the individuals that are consuming a little bit more regularly. They're maybe not watching every game, but they're watching a couple games throughout the season. They might not go out and buy merchandise, but they learn enough about what's going on so they can engage in conversations with other people. We also have up to medium users. Now, these are individuals that maybe watch every game. Maybe they go online and read an article or two about their players as well. So we have this long continuum of fandom, and it's important to point out that you don't have to be a heavy user or a highly identified top 20% fan for everything that you're a fan of. There might be some sports or some teams that you are extremely highly identified with, uh, that top 20%, and then there might be other teams that you're more of that light user. Uh, For example, My oldest sister is one of the biggest Patriot fans I know. She follows everything. She has their apps on the phone. She follows them on social media. She reads about them every single day. She can tell you any injury report that's happening and who the backup that could take that player's place is. If you go over to other sports, though, like to the Red Sox, she's not going to be able to have that same degree of conversation with you. And that's okay. Her fandom is just not as high in baseball as it is in football. And so individuals can vary themselves about what they're fans of. Understanding our definition about what a fan, a spectator, and everyone in between is, it's important for us to now go and start to dive into the numbers and really start to assess how many sport fans are there in America. This is a question that we care about as people in sport management because every one of those fans is a potential consumer of our product. 
So I've read a couple studies that have tried to put a number on this. And we have really a wide plethora of numbers, spanning all the way from 59% of people identifying as sport fans all the way up to 87%. So what that gives us is this range of around 188 million people all the way up to 277. I like to kind of cut that uh, in the center and say there's right around 220 million people in the United States who identify themselves to be or to have at least some degree of interest in sport. Now, it doesn't mean that all 220 million of those people are at the top end of that escalator. What that means is that they fall somewhere on that escalator from being a media consumer all the way up to that heavy user. So now that we know how many fans are out there, let's ask the question, what are they actually fans of? When I do this as a lecture in front of people, I normally ask people to write down their top five favorite sports, and then we share it as a big group and we see if we identify trends. But instead, let me go through and give you some of these survey results that have been done in an academic sense. I've looked at three different surveys that all look like they have good methodology, good established reliability and validity of what they're doing. And the interesting thing is that across all three of these surveys, we actually have almost the exact same result. The number one most reported uh, sport that people are fans of in America is football. And it's not even close. Now, There is a differentiation. In one of the studies, they do separate professional football and college football. In the other two studies that they did not, it didn't matter. Even when they separated out professional football and college football, professional football was ranked number one. College football was number three most popular. So football, regardless of what the common narrative is, when people are asked what they are fans of, they most commonly respond that they are fans of football. Now, second in these polls is baseball. All three of them have baseball as the second most popular, the third being basketball. But it's important to understand that while we ask people a question, that gives us some information is not the whole story. Oftentimes, when we ask survey questions or we ask people for their input, they might tell us what they think we want to hear, or they might just give the first thing that comes to their mind rather than telling us how they truly feel about the topic. So while that's one piece of the story, it does not paint an entire story for us. So for now, let's set those survey results aside and let's look at people's actions. Let's look at what people are actually doing and let's see what story that tells us about what we are fans of. So how do we do that? Well, there's two ways I want to do that. The first, let's go through and talk about what sporting events in America people are actually attending. Because it's not a far leap to say if people are going and watching a sport that they have at least some degree of interest in it or some level of fandom in either the sport uh, or more than likely one of the two teams that are playing. So if we look at the attendance numbers, the average attendance numbers from the five professional sport leagues, the five major professional sport leagues in North America, each of these statistics is from the last full season of competition they have. So whether that's the 2017 season or in the case of the NBA and the NHL, the 2017-2018 season. So if we look at these statistics and we look at the average attendance, number one in average attendance for professional sports in North America is the NFL and it's not even close. Average NFL attendance in 2017 was 67,405 people per game. That is more than double the second most popular, which was Major League Baseball at 30,023 people. 
So just like people told us they were fans of football in the surveys, their actions are backing that up. When we look at their attendance numbers, they are attending the NFL games at a much higher average rate than they're attending Major League Baseball games, which is second, Major League Soccer, which is third, the NBA, which is fourth, and the NHL, which is fifth. An important thing to point out here. I understand that there are problems with looking at these specific numbers. For example, there is a very straightforward supply and demand issue here. If we look at Major League Baseball, for example, there are 81 home games. There is a much higher supply than the NFL, which has 10 home games, two preseasons plus eight regular seasons. So that in and of itself might be an explanation for those numbers. Another thing that's important to look at is how big the stadium is. Our NFL stadiums in this list are by far and away the biggest, with the exception of some Major League Soccer stadiums, which are in fact NFL stadiums. So more specifically, the NBA, which only averaged 17,000 people per game, there is no way that they can add 50,000 people to those games. So oftentimes what we do is we'll look at other numbers like percent capacity of the stadium. But this very simple approach that we're taking still tells us an interesting story and supports what people are saying. That is, they're saying that they're fans of football and their actions are following and that they're attending football higher than they're attending other uh, sporting events. Now, what commentators will tell you in sport media is that's great, but the NFL is still declining in its popularity. Let's hold our horses there. There's a couple easy ways we can, again, look at these numbers to see is that actually the case. One way that we can look at those numbers is to say, what is the average attendance over the past 10 years? And we can look at that average attendance over the past 10 years, and we can see, has there been a significant decline? So remember, I said in 2017, the average attendance was 67,405 people per game. If we go back 10 years to 2008, the average attendance, 68,245. We've only dropped off around 800 people per game. So it's really hard to say that we have this pertuitous drop in attendance and that people are going away from football because what the numbers actually say is that, yes, while we do see gradual increases and little decreases over time, the numbers have been pretty stable. If we actually look at percent capacity, that number is pretty close to 90 to 95% capacity in these stadiums. So, Well, commentators are telling you that football isn't as popular today as it was 10 years ago. That's just not true. And the numbers don't support that. Now, since we looked at it for football, let's look at it for other sports as well. Let's look at it for the other two major sports that we had on that list. And the first one being the NBA. Now, the NBA, remember, came in fourth just below the MLS. But if we look at the average NBA numbers, unlike the NFL, which has slightly decreased over the past couple years, the NBA has seen a slight increase. If you look at the total number of tickets sold over the last five years, we went from 21,559,804 tickets five years ago to 21,997,412 tickets last year. We only have seen an increase of 400,000 tickets. From a statistical standpoint, that's not a significant difference. So just like the NFL, our sport fans have remained pretty consistent with their action. They're still fans at pretty much the same rate of the NBA 
when it comes to attending games. Let's round that out with baseball. Remember, baseball finished second in the survey for most popular sport, and it also finished second when we looked at average attendance. With baseball, I had the numbers back further. We can go all the way back to 1995, but instead, let's just go back 10 years again. Let's go back to 2007. Now, baseball has been a little bit different. Baseball, since 2007, we have seen a decrease. In 2007, baseball attendance was at an all-time high. If we look at total number of people that attended baseball games throughout the course of the season, and that high was 79 million people. Fast forward to 2017, our total attendance is only 72 million people. So we've seen about a 10% drop over those 10 years. Diving into those numbers a little bit more, if you look at just the last five years, really we're looking at about an even total. We've pretty much leveled off. So while I did have a little bit of a decline, the attendance has stabled off over the last five years. Now, the list and charts that I've given you so far only dealt with professional athletics. And since the number two, or excuse me, and since the number three sport in the initial survey that I mentioned was college football, I wanted to throw a little bit of college football numbers at you as well. Now, college football numbers are riddled with problems. And by problems, I just mean things that need further interpretation. So let's start. The home attendance average for Division I FBS, this is the football bowl series of college football, the top of the top teams or top of the top schools, the average attendance was 42,108 people. That number alone puts it second, if we look at just average attendance, behind the NFL. It's about 20,000 less, but it is firmly in second ahead of baseball behind the NFL. Now, I say there's problems with this number. The first thing we have to point out with this number is that this includes 129 qualifying schools. However, of those 129 qualifying schools, a lot of them, actually a majority of them, are in smaller conferences that actually don't average a large number of attendants. So this number, while it does present an average reflection of what's happening in Division I FBS college football, it doesn't really paint an average picture of what's happening at the elite schools or at the top schools. So I pulled out the top 10 home attendances for last year. Top four schools all averaged over 100,000 people. Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, and Alabama, in that order, started at 111,000, all the way down to Alabama that averaged 101,000 people. Rounding out that top 10, only one school averaged less than 90,000 at a home game, and that was Nebraska at number 10 that averaged 89,798, so just under. So college football going back to the initial survey, is one of the three most popular sports in terms of fandom. Just for fun, I also want to throw in college basketball. While college basketball didn't make any of the lists, again, if we look at the top programs, it it paints a story that's interesting. So again, the average attendance across all Division I schools, there's 351 of them, was only 4,607. But a number of those schools don't, don't even have gyms that hold that many. Some schools only have gyms that hold two or 3,000 people. So we pulled out the top 10 schools on this list. Uh, The top two schools, Kentucky number one and Syracuse number two, both of them averaged over 21,000 people. That attendance puts them at or above NBA teams. In fact, if we look at the top 10 schools, the lowest or number 10 on the list is Indiana, which averaged 15,509 people. That's right at what the NBA is averaging. 
So if we put all basketball together and not just the NBA, what we can see is people are fans of basketball at a very high level. Well, that's great that we understand what events people are going to, but that's not the only way that we consume sport. We don't just consume sport by going to a game, sitting in the stands, and watching it. There are so many other ways nowadays that fans consume sport. What I often like to do in lectures is ask students or ask uh, attendees, what is the most common form of sport media that you use? What is something that you use to consume sport on a daily basis? TV always comes up. Whether it's I flip on SportsCenter or I watch my local news for the sport highlights, whatever it is, TV seems to be the most popular. And research backs that up. A study that tracked this, that tracked how people consume sport, showed that 96% of people consume sport on TV. But there are so many other ways. Nowadays, the use of mobile devices, whether that's a cell phone or a tablet, has become extremely popular. In fact, over time, we've seen the number of people who use their mobile devices to consume sports escalate quickly. In the study that I found, they showed that from 2011 to 2014, the percentage of sport fans that use their mobile device to consume sport doubled from 21% to 42%. If we were to extrapolate those numbers even further up to 2018, I imagine that number might have gone up to even 60 to 70%. Now, what do we do when we're on our phones? We normally go online to consume sports. So not only are you watching on TV or using our mobile devices, but we're also going online. In 2014, 68% of people said they were going online to consume sport. Whether that's going to a website, going to a team page, going to a newspaper online, those were all common ways that people would consume sport. And if you extrapolate that to 2018, I imagine that number might be closer to 70 or maybe even up into the mid-80s in terms of percentage. The interesting thing is only 50% of fans said that they consume sports through actually attending games. So while all those attendance numbers that I just gave you are interesting and important, and they do a good job to uh, tell some of the story, what we should now do is we should say, okay, since most fans are consuming sport on TV, to understand what people are fans of, let's go and look at what exactly it is that they're watching on TV. If I go and I look at last year, the year 2017, I can actually look at Nielsen ratings and find what are the top sporting events in the United States for the year. And this is a fun thing to do because we get a very interesting picture now about what is the by far and way number one sport. So let's start with just looking at the top 10 events. If I were to ask you to guess what the number one event was, I'm guessing most of you could if you're fans of sports. It's the Super Bowl. It's always the Super Bowl. Now, the 2017 Super Bowl was the Patriot Falcon Super Bowl, and it just happened to draw a little bit over 111 million users. That's about what they normally draw. Every year, it normally ticks up slightly, but it's around that 100 million people plateau. If we start to go down, We have to go down to spot number 10 before we get to an event that is not an NFL game. In other words, the top nine most watched sporting events in the United States in 2017 were all NFL games. We have the Super Bowl. We have the NFL divisional game. We have the AFC championship, the NFC championship, the NFC wild card, an AFC wild card, another AFC wild card, an AFC divisional game, an NFC divisional game. And then finally at number 10, at around 28 million people, is game seven of the World Series. 
So let's take a step back before we look at the rest of these. And let's reflect on what we've talked about so far. When we ask people in a survey what sport they were the biggest fans of, overwhelmingly, they said professional football. When we looked at what events they're actually attending, it was overwhelmingly the NFL that came out on top. Furthermore, we found that the NFL has been consistent across time. We've only seen a small, non-significant fluctuation. And finally, when we said, okay, but only about 50% of people consume sport through going to events and 96% are consuming sports on TV. So let's look at what they're watching on TV. Nine of the top 10 most viewed sporting events were NFL games. So it's very easy for us to conclude, based on all the evidence that I've given you, that the NFL is still the number one thing that people are fans of. To add to that, if we look at all 50 events, 40 of the top 50 events that were watched on TV in 2017, 40 of the top 50 were NFL games. There was only one Major League Baseball game in the top 10, and three in the top 50. Four NBA games made the top 50. The highest rated NBA game was the 18th most watched event. Right above that was the Vikings-Lions Thanksgiving special. There was only one college football game in the top 50. That was the national championship, and that was at number 15. There was only two college basketball games in the top 50. The top one was number 24, and that was UNC versus Gonzaga in the national championship in 2017. There was not a single woman's sporting event in the entire top 50. When people ask you, what sport are Americans the biggest fans of, regardless of what the media narrative is trying to be and trying to tell us people are not a fan of football anymore, Every single metric that we have says football is still king in America. That doesn't mean that other sports aren't just as important to us as individuals in the sport industry. And actually, if we look at the numbers, we can see that a number of the ratings for these professional sports are at high numbers. Now, if we look at the statistics, what we can tell is that a number of sports are actually doing very well in comparison, again, to their own pass. So, for example, if you look at the World Series, um, let's look at the 2016 World Series. According to Nielsen Overnight, the game is currently averaging, or the World Series is currently averaging a 7.0 rating in adults 18 to 49 and 24.7 million viewers, both of which are highs for the World Series. If we look at the NBA, the twenty the first two games of the 2017 NBA Finals put up the highest television rating since Michael Jordan was winning this title with the Chicago Bulls back in 1998. So while football is still king, other sporting events that we have in America are still performing fine on television. In fact, a number of them are reaching all-time highs or 20 to 30-year highs. The most important question of our conversation today, though, so what? Why does all this matter? Why does it matter if we understand what people are fans of and where things are trending and what average attendances have been? It matters because as sport managers or people that have an interest in the field of sport, we need to understand what sport is, what the trends have been, so that way we can try to project what the future holds. 
So let's look at where sport consumption is going in the future. We said, yes, 96% of people now are consuming sports through TV. We looked at those TV numbers, but that only tells a part of the story because I also told you that use of mobile devices is trending upwards to consume sport. Use of the internet is trending up to consume sport. And on top of that, use of social media to consume sport is trending upwards. So let's look at these other ways that people are going about consuming sport. And a lot of it has to do with how do we deliver sport in this traditional TV manner through non-TV avenues. And I push you to think of this. Yahoo, followed by Amazon, signed million-dollar deals with the NFL to stream their quote-unquote television games on their networks. So you could get Thursday Night Football in 2017 by going on to Amazon, getting an Amazon Prime account, and watching quote-unquote TV through your computer. So understanding that people still want to watch sport on TV, but then also understanding where we're going as a society and where numbers are trending for sport consumption, we can look at other avenues to sell our sport media. The NFL has done that with putting things up on Amazon and putting things up on Yahoo. Other leagues have tried to take advantage of the internet in different ways. So Facebook now has a live streaming service where they can stream things. Twitter has live streaming. They actually streamed Thursday night football games uh, not too long ago, and they have live TV shows that they stream on there. Twitter takes advantage of it furthermore by not only providing individuals a way to watch games through live streaming, but also providing an avenue for people to talk about games. And looking at people's viewing and consumption habits, 45% of people said that while they're watching a game on TV, they're also consuming sport through another device. So what Twitter does, it provides those 45% of people an avenue or a platform to go to, to have a conversation about the game they're watching with other people. And we can go look at numbers to see how popular this is. Now, I don't have the numbers from 2017, but the numbers I found from 2016 show that for the Super Bowl 50, there was over 16.9 million tweets discussing the game. So not only are we consuming it through watching it, we're also consuming it through interacting with other people on these social media networks. We see the invention of new forms of media as well uh, for the consumption of sport. Podcasts, just like this, are a great example of what the future might hold, where we have podcasts that discuss every aspect of sports. We have people that take their radio shows and put them up as podcasts. We have podcasts that discuss very specific aspects like fantasy football or the business aspect behind a certain sport. We have podcasts that discuss or that interview athletes that interview GMs or owners. So podcasts have become an, a new form of media that people are using. And as we see this new form of media growing, we, as we see consumption of sport not just happening on TV, but now through the internet and these other platforms, we also start to see the decrease in use of other forms of media. Things like newspapers. If we look at the overall newspaper circulation numbers back from 2003 to 2015, we've seen about a 4% decrease over that time. The how much advertisers are willing to pay has dropped about 25%. And so people aren't drawn to the newspapers to check box scores and read about stories as much. They're more drawn to these other forms of media, et cetera, out there. So what does all this mean for us? What's all this mean for those people that own and run your team? 
Why does it matter that they understand what you're fans of, how you're consuming the sport, and how that's growing and changing over time? Well, it matters because those teams and leagues that understand it are going to be able to capitalize on it and make money. Remember, going back to our very first definition and our discussion about what a fan is. A fan is someone who is an enthusiastic devotee, someone who has an emotional attachment. Think about that top 20% I talked about, that top 20% that not only will watch games, but they'll buy merchandise. And so if I can figure out a way as a sport manager to get my product in front of you, to get you there, to get you watching it, I can capitalize on that by selling you more. If I can make you a fan of my sport or and more specifically of my team, I can make more and more and more money off of you through selling you goods. Not only can I sell you goods, but I can take those numbers, those fandom numbers that I have, those average attendance, those numbers of people that are watching on TV, the eyeballs that are on my sporting event, and I can take those numbers to advertisers and I can say, look, I have 100 million people watching my sporting event. You want a 30-second ad on here, you will get exposure to 100 million people. Pay me $5 million. NFL has done this and capitalize on this just as good, if not better, than any other sport. We always hear in February, before the Super Bowl, how much a 30-second ad is going for. And the reason that that number can go so high is because there are 100 million people watching. If 5 million people were watching, that number wouldn't be even close to that. And furthermore, not only can the number go so high for the commercials, but we can sell sponsorship packages around the Super Bowl. We can put up signage and increase the value of that signage. Sport is the number one area in which people spend sponsorship money. People spend more in sponsorship money on sports than they do on any other form of entertainment, any causes, any form of art, any festival, affairs, associations, or organizations. The latest numbers I have from 2015, there was $14.9 billion spent on sport sponsorship. That's those stadium naming rights. That's the, the names on the jerseys. That's the logos that are put on the field. And just think, who's going to get the most money? It's going to be the most popular sports and the most popular teams. And that's why understanding what makes someone a fan and how that fan consumes sport becomes so vital to us as sport managers. It allows us to maximize the amount of money we're able to generate from that individual fan who's attending the game and from those individual companies that are trying to use my sport to help sell their product and make profit. So that's the story of the American sport fan. Ranging from that individual who's a non-consumer who doesn't care all the way to that individual who's a diehard, enthusiastic devotee who has an emotional response when their team wins or their team loses. The American fan is still primarily geared towards football and specifically professional football. But other sports are doing well. They have good attendance numbers that are fairly stable over the last five years. They're still drawing good numbers on TV, but football is still the king. Viewership numbers on TV still remain the strongest among any professional sport with little ground being gained by the other sports. 
Will that change? It very well could. As we see a continual progression in how people consume sports, if the NFL doesn't keep up with those changing trends, then they will fall by the wayside to other sports that might become more popular in their use of those other forms of media. But in the end, just to remember the reason that this matters, the reason we care about who our fans are and how they're consuming our sport product is because by understanding them as sport managers, we are able to figure out how to use them to generate the greatest profits for us. If you have any questions about sport fans or any of the statistics or numbers that I gave you, please feel free to reach out to me at thesportprofessor.com.